Hey guys, what's happening? It is Pete Mundo here of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for joining the conversation as we recap week eight in the Big 12 Conference. We are on Periscope. We're on Facebook Live. We'll be on YouTube. We'll be on iTunes. We're brought to you by BetNow.eu. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. We appreciate that. If you use those guys, we are and have been using them all season long. Uh, once again, 100% sign-up bonus with the promo code HEARTLAND. The picks went 1-1 one one yesterday, won the Oklahoma game, uh, stupidly bet on Kansas to cover the spread, mistake by me, but went 500 yesterday in just a couple of Big 12 games. So thanks for joining the conversation, guys, and uh, we appreciate you a whole lot. If you are downloading the podcast on iTunes, please do rate, review, subscribe. And if you do that, email me a screenshot, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll send you a free koozie. All right, let's get to the action from Saturday in the Big 12, and let's start with uh, with Oklahoma and TCU. So that game, first off, we got to talk about the TCU quarterback situation, which right now, Michael Collins finished up that game in place of Sean Robinson. TCU has got to stick with Michael Collins at quarterback. I just don't think there's any doubt about it that Michael Collins, first off, I was impressed with uh, his footwork. I was impressed with his delivery. He's got a quick delivery. He's got solid accuracy. I know he had a couple of mistakes towards the end of that game, but his hand, Michael Collins' hand, the TCU quarterback, was all banged up. So that end of the game interception by Parnell Motley, I don't put any stake in that because Parnell Motley was horrible again for most of that game. He was just, he's just not good. Parnell Motley is not a good cornerback for Oklahoma. They keep giving him run. I don't know why. And that interception at the end of the game, I'm not giving him any credit for because at that point in the game, uh, Michael Collins' hand was banged up. The game was over, and there was a miscommunication there. So, I, you know, OU looked good. But let's start with that TCU quarterback situation because I was surprised before the season when Gary Patterson brought Sean Robinson to Big 12 Media Days. He was technically in a quarterback battle. I didn't quite understand why um, he did bring a guy, a quarterback, to Big 12 Media Days that did not have, really he had one start under his belt against Texas Tech last season. And Sean Robinson has not been good lately. And I'm glad that Collins is getting his chance, and I'm glad that he's the guy that got the ball. He looked good. And he's got better wheels than I expected. He had seven carries for 36 yards in uh, yesterday's loss to Oklahoma. So I believe that Gary Patterson has got to roll with Sean Robinson the rest of the way, uh, see what he's got at least next week, and then make your decision after that. But I, I don't see any way TCU can go away from Michael Collins right now. And the Horn Frogs have Kansas next week, a good chance for Collins to build some confidence and see what this guy's got. Because I like Sean Robinson. I wanted him to do well. But he has not been cutting it since the Ohio State game. I think he's got five touchdowns to seven interceptions. Um, and then yesterday he was three of eight for 21 yards. He just did not look good. So it was time to move on. Now for Oklahoma, uh, Kennedy Brooks, I, you know, I, my goodness, 18 carries, 168 yards with a touchdown. That guy is a house. That guy is an absolute house. But maybe the most underappreciated unit in the Big 12 is the Oklahoma offensive line. And maybe that's just because they're an offensive line, and naturally we don't give an offensive line a whole lot of credit. As good as these OU running backs are, whether it's Brooks or Sermon or Murray running out of the quarterback spot, this offensive line gets so much push up front. Some of the holes 
that Kennedy Brooks had yesterday, some of the holes that Trey Sermon had yesterday were absolutely unbelievable. So that OU offensive line, I'm convinced if you were running behind that line, if I was running behind that line, we could pick up five yards of carry. I mean, that's how good that line is for the Oklahoma Sooners. And they were just opening up gaps left and right. Now, the OU defense was better. I still, like I mentioned, not a fan of Parnell Motley. Just not a fan of him. Um, I still think he's getting too much running quarterback. But yeah, the, the OU, absolutely, OU looked better. Jimmy writes, the defense only gave up 275 yards and 20 points. Looked like they brought more pressure than they have been. Hopes for the D. Yes, they did bring more pressure. That's key. It wasn't just Mike Stoops who just seemed to sit back with, you know, seven, eight guys in coverage and hope it works out. Uh, no, he didn't do that. And and you like what you saw from Ruffin McNeil mixing some things up and maybe most importantly, halftime adjustments. You know, TCU scored three points in the second half. That's it. That's all they got in that game. So uh, you have to look at this OU defense and say, okay, things are starting to improve. They're starting to look better. I like where this is going. And OU still has a great chance at the college football playoff, especially now with Ohio State losing that game to Purdue. It opens up the Big Ten. Now, Ohio State can still make it. They got blown out last year by 30 points by Iowa. And what made it, right? I mean, or no, they just missed out. But still, I mean, Ohio State's going to be in the mix. But now you have OU and Texas still the best chance for the Big 12 to make the college football playoff. And think about it two years ago. Or was it three years ago now? Yeah, I guess it was three years ago, 2015. OU loses the game to Texas, wins the rest of its games, and they make the college football playoff and lose to Clemson. So they can absolutely still make a run at the college football playoff. This offense is just unbelievable. And I'll tell you what, too. I'll tell you what's interesting about this when it comes to OU um, or TCU. Let's talk about quickly the TCU defense. TCU had 52 points scored on it. And I feel like the TCU defense played pretty well. That's how good this Oklahoma offense is. You allow 52 points and you're like, you know what? That was a pretty solid defensive performance. On Periscope, writing, uh, since coming into the Big 12 in 2010, TCU has only had but by 50 bombs. For t- what does that mean? Come on, buddy. I need a little more coherence out of you there. I need a little more English. Little more English out of you there. Since coming into the Big 12 in 2010, TCU has only had but by a 50. What does that mean? I have no idea what that means. But I'll try it again. I, I, I join the conversation. We're on Periscope. We're on Facebook Live. We'll put it on iTunes. We're on YouTube. We're brought to you by betnow.eu, promo code Heartland for a 100% sign up bonus. So it's all well and good right now for OU. Uh, TCU is now sitting at three and four. And let's be honest, the Horn Frogs are in a situation where. If you look at the schedule, you know, Kansas, then Kansas State, West Virginia, Baylor, Oklahoma State, they got to win three of those five games to make a bowl game. And yes, they'll beat Kansas, they'll be four and four. Then you got to go two and two down the stretch to make a bowl game. You know, at Morgantown's not easy. Kansas State's improving. Uh, Baylor's getting better. Oklahoma State, who knows what they are at the end of the season. Uh, that's not going to be easy. You know, TCU is going to make a bowl game by the skin of its teeth. Adam writes, K-State upsets OU next week. Adam, I love the confidence, brother. I really do. But I don't know where in God's name you're getting that kind of a prediction, big guy. I really don't. You got to give me something to think that's going to happen. 
You know, it was last year, right, that OU and K-State went down to the wire. Did that game go to overtime? I'm forgetting whether or not that game went to overtime. But I know it went down to the wire, and OU had that big run at the end of the game. I think it was Rodney Anderson to seal the win. Uh, This Kansas State team, I'm sorry, it's just not very good. Uh, I know it's getting better by the week, but that doesn't mean much based on how bad this team was in September. Um, Let's dive into the other game, Kansas and Texas Tech. Alan Bowman comes back, and... I like what Cliff Kingsbury did with him because after this, Texas Tech has a very tough three-game stretch. They have to, um, uh, they got Iowa State this week on the road, then it's Texas and OU, or no, it's OU and Texas in that order. And to get Bowman back for this game against Kansas, which you could have won with Jet Duffy, but to get him back and get him comfortable and get him going again was huge, absolutely huge for this Texas Tech team this season. And I like that early on they were using just the running game, pound away with Henry and King and, and whatnot. I thought that was productive and that was smart. And the passes were mostly short slants in the flat. Uh, easy does it. And it was a smart play-calling day and afternoon for Cliff Kingsbury just to get Bowman back in the mix before a key three-game stretch. That's going to pay major dividends uh, over these next three weeks for Texas Tech. Uh, the defense was outstanding. But as good as the defense was, gosh, Kansas is such a joke. I'm sorry. They were so horrible. Twice, twice this team has first and goal inside the 10-yard line, and they butcher it. The first time was inside the five, and they had four chances at it because of a penalty. And they could not get the darn ball in the end zone. They have to end up kicking a field goal. And then the second time, they get a turnover. uh, And then they end up with a Puka Williams fumble. I'm not going to get on Puka Williams because he's the only decent thing that KU has in the offensive side of the ball. But, geez, that was a horrific offensive performance. Nice to see that firing Doug Meacham really did the trick for David Beatty. Uh, It's just, it was pathetic. It really was. And on top of that, here's the other problem I have. And Kansas fans should be careful here. No matter what happens with David Beatty, if you're Puka Williams, you're a really good player, right? You play the running back position, which naturally takes a beating. If you're Puka Williams, and I don't want this to happen, I like the fact that he's at Kansas, but do you consider after this season where you've proven yourself at the FBS level behind one of the worst offenses in the entire sport, do you consider transferring? Fair question, is it not? Do you consider transferring it for Puka Williams? You sit out a year, you play in 2020, and then you go to the NFL. You save your body a year of getting beaten down. Maybe you go to a more high-profile program. Hey, I, I don't want it to happen, but it's something worth considering because Puka Williams is taking an absolute beating, an absolute beating, and he's the only thing that offense has. The fact that Peyton Bender is still the quarterback for Kansas tells me that either Carter Stanley and Miles Kendrick are that awful or David Beatty is just going down with the ship. I don't know the answer. But every time this guy tried to back shoulder throw in a 10-yard out route, I mean, there was zero. Neither him nor the wide receiver were on the same page for any of these. It was that embarrassing and it was that pathetic. I mean, I could not believe how bad Peyton Bender looks. That guy couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And whether it's on a five-yard out route, a 10-yard curl route, or a 25-yard post route, he can't hit any of them. He is just absolutely horrible. And I don't mean to knock the guy, but can you give Miles Kendrick a shot here? 
behind that offensive line, somebody has got to be able to give you some dual threat ability, and he just cannot do it. I want to see David Beatty do well. I want to see uh, this program improve. But And the defense played well yesterday. Let's be honest. In the first half, there's a point where Kansas could have been up 14-10. to 10. If they got those two touchdowns when they had first and goals inside the 10-yard line, they could have absolutely been up 14-10 to 10 in that game. But they were unable to do it. Um, I don't know what the future holds for Clinton Bowen as defensive coordinator for the Jayhawks, but I'll tell you what. He has done as much as you could have asked of the guy. It, it also makes you wonder, when he was the interim head coach after, what, Turner Gill got canned, uh, did he deserve a chance at the job? I mean, lifelong Jayhawk, he's been through a lot there. He's seen it all there. Uh, you know, it couldn't have been any worse than it was with David Beatty, but Clint Bowen has actually done a pretty good job with that defense. It doesn't show in the final score. You see, oh, 48-16, KU did nothing. On, uh, on defense. Now, the defense actually played pretty well. And if Clint Bowen does get blown out with everybody else when Beatty's eventually canned, I'm going to feel bad for the guy because he has done a lot with a little. He really has. Um, and it's, it's disappointing. It's frustrating to watch. But, you know, I don't see how this Kansas staff holds on. Beatty's got a ton of seniors there. And you know, they're still getting blown out in most of these games. Now, maybe it's not as bad as last season, and it wasn't. If you actually watch the game, especially the first half yesterday, Kansas was in that game and should have been a lot closer in that game than they were, but couldn't do it. So join us on Periscope. Comment any questions there. Also on Facebook Live, of course, uh, Tim writes, have a Trey Brown playing and playing well after losing his mom during the week. Yeah, uh, you know, Trey Brown was good. I, I wish he would just become the starter over Parnell Motley, who once again yesterday had some really bad moments, some absolutely horrible moments for OU. I know he had the interception at the end. That doesn't matter to me. Uh, Michael Collins' hand was pretty banged up there for TCU, so I don't put a whole lot of stock into what happened at the end of that game. But the new rankings came out today. Texas Tech is on the outside looking in. They're at 26. They received the most votes of any team to not be ranked, so they're right there. You got to feel good if you're Cliff Kingsbury. But here's the thing three games coming up Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas. If you're Texas Tech, you sign up for one and two over that stretch today, right? I mean, you're six and four after those three games. Tell me a Tech fan who would not sign up for one and two over the next three weeks. I think all of them would. And then you have actually a chance to get to eight wins. I mean, that would be absolutely enormous if you think of that. This Texas Tech team getting eight wins. Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, he'll keep his job beyond 2019. He'd get a damn extension if he gets to eight wins. And you'll have something to build on with Alan Bowman. But I'd be curious to see what happens if Tech does that sooner than later. Because with this early signing period, you know, all these teams are getting guys in in mid-December now, mid to late December. And it's tough to recruit for that early signing period if you don't know if you're going to be the head coach. It's why Tech has struggled so much with the class of 2020. So I'm curious to see how that changes here uh, moving fo moving forward. I'll be very curious to see what happens with Kingsbury over these next three, four weeks. But it's a huge three-game stretch coming up for Tech. Texas and Oklahoma move up a spot in the rankings due to the Ohio State loss. Uh, they are in decent position to potentially make a college football playoff. I still think either of these teams has to win out. My gut right now says OU has a better chance at doing that. Herman's going to blow a game at some point. Texas is going to lose another game that they are favored by like 10 points in. That's just 
that's just how Tom Herman is. I like this Texas team, but I until I see Herman go out there as a favorite and not have you know one of those games where he, you just scratch your head. I don't see how Texas is going to win the rest of its games. There's no way a two-loss Big 12 team makes the college football playoff. No chance. So either OU or Texas, or you can say West Virginia, has to win every game the rest of the way and be the Big 12 champion. That's the only way it happens at this point. It's the only way I see it. So only two games on the schedule yesterday for the Big 12. Tech rolls over Kansas. OU takes care of TCU. Um, and this week, the schedule starts on a Thursday. We've got Baylor at West Virginia on Thursday night. Intriguing matchup. You know, West Virginia, of course, trying to get a little bit of a bounce back here. They've had some time off to think about the Iowa State loss. Baylor's playing better every week, and then you have a Saturday slate. Texas Tech at Iowa State, still debating whether or not to go to Ames. If that was a 2:30 game, I would have made the trip to Ames. I really would have done it. I'm down in Kansas City about three hours or so. Would have done a Heartland College Sports tailgate. But these 11 a.m. kicks on a three-hour drive are difficult. They are. TCU at Kansas at 2 o'clock. This is all central time. 2.30 OU against K-State. Then the night game, you got Oklahoma State hosting uh, Texas. So any final comments, throw them in there. Whether we're on Periscope or on Facebook Live, join the conversation. Does OSU have a chance against Texas next week in Stilly? You know, this is the kind of season, I'm telling you, Texas is going to get picked off in a game nobody expects. In Stillwater, at night, Oklahoma State's had a chance to take some time off. Same with Texas, though. But what is Sam Ellinger? Is he totally healthy? Uh, Weird things can happen in that game. I do think Oklahoma State has a shot. Am I going to say I'm confident? No, I'm going to be doing more uh, studying or whatever you want to call it, research on that game as the week goes on. Tim writes, Texas will lose to Iowa State. I'm glad OU won't have to play them again. Well, you could meet the Big 12 championship game. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, that would be quite a rematch. That's what We know that's what uh, the TV suits want. They want to see Texas and OU uh, playing again the first weekend in December at Jerry World. That's what they want to see uh, in the Big 12, and that's, of course, what the TV executives want to see. So it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds here over the next bunch of weeks. Once again, guys, I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. We appreciate you joining us on Facebook Live, also on Periscope. Uh, thanks for joining us on a Sunday. We got to a little late today, but uh, if you missed some of this, you can rewatch it or on iTunes. We're there. Download the podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and we're brought to you by betnow.eu, promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. We're using them. Picks went one and one last week, and um, we'll be bouncing back this week. We're going to get back in the win column. Maybe I'd like a three and two week coming up. That's what I would like. Tony writes, I'm hoping OSU beats Texas Boomer sooner. Yeah, you know what, Tony? If you're an OU fan, let let me add this. If you're an OU fan, you should want Texas to win the rest of its games. You want Texas to win the rest of its games, and you want to win the rest of your games, have two one-loss teams in the Big 12 championship game, and then beat Texas in a rematch by a couple of touchdowns. That's what you want to have happen. You want both of your programs to be in the top 5 to 10, and you want to steamroll Texas in a rematch in the Big 12 championship game, be the conference champion, get the rematch win, and put yourself in the college football playoff. I promise you, if those things happen, regardless of what happens around the rest of the country, although Notre Dame's the wild card, if OU and Texas meet again in the Big 12 championship, and OU is uh, both with one loss, 
OU wins, they'll be in the college football playoffs. So I'm telling you, if you're an OU fan, you want Texas to win out. That is what you want to have happen. So it's it's it'll be fun to follow. I, I'm just I know you know it's weird. It's like why I say every Big Twelve fan, no matter who your team is, you should be rooting for for every other Big Twelve team in the non-conference because you want to help your own strength of schedule when you go and you beat these teams. Which is why when Texas loses to Maryland, I don't know why OU fans are happy about that. You know, I, it, you shouldn't be. If Texas had won that game, they would have been top five to ten when you guys met, and it would have, once again, made your strength of schedule better. Greg writes, Cyclone's on their way to Dallas. You know what, Greg? It's not crazy. It's not crazy, Greg. I know they started off 0-2 in conference play, but if there is more chaos in the Big 12, uh, Iowa State as a two-loss in conference play, Big 12 team making the championship game is not ridiculous. I got to see a little bit more, Greg, but it's not crazy. On Periscope, Tech has an above-average chance to beat ISU and Texas at home, 2-1. and one. Um, Yes, well, well, hold on. The Iowa State game is on the road. Texas is at home. Yeah, I mean, listen, I like this Tech team. I like the defense. I love Alan Bowman. It's, it's, it's not out of the question. And that game uh, in Lubbock is going to be absolutely rocking in a couple of weeks when Texas rolls into town. How about Texas Tech fans? They get OU and they get Texas at home in back-to-back weeks. That's a hell of a boost for the uh, Lubbock economy. I mean, who wouldn't sign up for that right now? If you're a small business guy, if you get a hamburger joint in Lubbock, I mean, you better make sure you're staffed well these next two weekends after this, after, uh, after this weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun in, in Lubbock over the next couple of weeks. And if Texas Tech beats Iowa State this week, they'll be ranked because they're just on the outside looking in. Uh, that would be a heck of a lot of fun if you have a top 25 matchup against OU next week in Lubbock and then potentially again maybe the following week against Texas. Hey, who saw that coming after the Ole Miss loss? Not me. Not me. Kudos to Cliff Kingsbury and all his guys there for for turning this thing around. Once again, guys, I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for joining us. Share this as well. Retweet it on Periscope. Share it on Facebook. We appreciate that. And check us out on iTunes. We'll be coming with you plenty of content this week on HeartlandCollegeSports.com.